Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. Uh, we have lots to discuss. Uh, Ack will be joining us shortly. Um, maybe get Joe's impressions on the Super Bowl because God knows we we exhausted that subject on uh, on Monday. But uh, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah, I, I want to mention. Um, oh, hey, Ak, how you doing? Hey, guys, we'll be right back. Go ahead. Okay. So I watched the Ben Simmons press conference, and I wanted to give my thoughts. Um, I dealt with mental illness in my family, so I kind of know what it looks like, and. Mm-hmm actually grew up with it right so watching the press conference it was easy to say that hey he's probably faking because he never came out and spoke and we kept hearing quotes from different writers and and all these different things and it's not to fully exonerate ben simmons but i do believe he was having an issue uh i did see a more composed guy at this press conference just he he was willing to talk about anything he wasn't going to be so verbose that he was going to give away all of his, you know, I don't want to say hatred, but vitriol towards the Sixers. But I do believe he was in a bad place. And so I do believe that it was too much for him for whatever reason, whatever the triggers were. And so I I did walk away with that saying, you know, I understand. I still want the Nets to lose every game they play. And that's simply because they sold Dr. J. has nothing to do with anything current. This just goes back to when I was 10 years old. So that's still intact. Uh, and they'll never win a championship again. But I do wish him well because I do feel like he had an issue. Well, I, Joe, like I don't follow the NBA that much, but I did follow the Ben Simmons thing. And the issue was he was getting ripped by fans in Philadelphia because he can't hit a shot from 15 feet away. It's like yeah. I mean, it's now you know some some players that just gets in their nerves and he, being booed at home and being excoriated in the press is something that they just can't handle. But I don't know hiding behind the cloak of mental illness. And I can't say whether he is or isn't, but I suspect that he isn't. And this is just a ploy to get out of Philadelphia. To me, that's reprehensible, but I can't say for sure. Yes or no. He was, he didn't suffer something. Yeah, I, I, I can, I'm only going to take him at face value. I'm not going to try to play amateur psychologist with him because there's, there's no point in doing that. But the facts were dude couldn't hit a shot. Like that's, flat out could you know it, it the the nba is a three-point shooting league he couldn't hit threes couldn't hit jumpers he you know he was barely hitting free throws for crying out loud like if you can't make your shots man like sorry like he stopped taking jumpers he did or, he just well i mean i mean i guess recognize your weaknesses at that point really but right um but i mean you know he became more of a distributor which is what he's good at um but i mean i don't know i Point was, it's pretty clear that his teammates were not down with him anymore. You know, Joel Joel Embiid in particular was just kind of like, man, get this guy out of here. Like this is, he's keeping us from from advancing to the finals to to maybe win a title. But I think I think that came from him his just his absence and not having something in his place. I think that's where that built up. I think if they had traded him over the summer or he just was out of basketball, he wouldn't have felt that way. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. The NBA, as much as I think I understand it, I definitely don't understand it. Oh, no, no, I don't get the NBA at all. Believe it. I'm not I mean, even like, when it comes to like the team, you know, the team dynamics and, and chemistry and whatnot, I mean, like chemistry uh, to me is just a buzzword, like winning, winning creates chemistry. You know, if yeah. you're losing, you don't have any, but uh, yeah. the fact that there was something amiss with the, with the Philly room when they were winning and there was so, something still off tells me that somebody, something in there was not sitting right. And yeah. wh whether that's Simmons or if it was, you know, maybe it's MB, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say too loud because Embiid will find me on Twitter and then I'll never recover. But um, it's, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. It's it's very interesting from the outside. I'm very, very, I'd be very curious to see where the Sixers go from here to see if they, if they actually move forward without him or if well, they just, just same thing. For, for a minute, because it's interesting. And Mike and I did sort of mention this yesterday. So James Harden's still not going to play, and he's not going to play until after the All Star break. Now, yeah, so because he has to go to Weight Watchers. That's why he's going to he's going to miss a couple of games. And Joe, that doesn't really do much for his public persona either. Like Sixers fans are going to love him, right? Because they see him hitting shots in practice, and they're getting excited. But the fact that he's not playing in these games and he's citing still his hamstring, he is another guy that has become hard to believe. Yeah, his. His stocks have fallen since they decided to stop calling the fouls that he was able to draw nonstop. Yes. Uh, things have changed for him that now that he, you know he just can't just heave every shot and then get fouled on you know one third of them and get to the line and get free points. But it's there's something something weird with James Harden where it's just you know it's it's team to team and you know I laughed when you know Woj had the uh, the tweet saying that you know James Harden. You know, is interested in moving, but he didn't want to make a public declaration because he didn't want to seem like he's going team to team. And it's like, dude, you told Woj, like, you might as well just broadcast it to everybody yourself. You, you know, he's going to be at Pat's or Gino's during the All Star break. Like, you just know he's going to be there. I don't know. I have no reason ever to go to Pat's. There's no reason. <laughs> I can appreciate Harden That's for the guy that had the uh, the gummy the, the gummy candy uh, sponsorship for a while there. Like, he had his face yeah. on like some of those trolley gummies, and I was like, you know what? Good for you, man. Like, recognize where your strengths come from. <laughs> Can, can we just can we just get this straightened out? Because, you know, I've been in Philadelphia a few times and Ak was nice enough to buy me a cheesesteak the one time. Yeah. And um, what you, what the accepted uh, cheese is, is it provolone? Is it cheese whiz? It, what, what is it? For me, it's provolone. Anything else is garbage. It's cheese whiz. It's just like you're, right. you're, you're, you're ordering, you're eating a cheesy, greasy cheesesteak. The provolone is definitely better cheese. There's no ways about it. But if you're going to go for it, you go for it. No, and I get your feeling on it, though. Like, if you're going to go, you might as well just say yeah, I don't, I don't do it very going, often. I'm going with provolone. I'm sorry. But but I'm not going Swiss cheese. Like, here's what Eck does that I would never do. And I don't even know if my body would accept it anymore. He goes at, like, 11 o'clock after a game and puts yeah. one down. I don't think I could do that anymore. There are some Flyers games that just require you to go there afterwards. I uh, can I be the guy that splits the difference and says why not do both provolone and cheese whiz? Like use cheese whiz oh, as like a mustard, like a like a mustard type spread on a bun. Well, yeah, I, mean, I promise I'll let, I'll take you and I will buy you one with both and we can try it. I I'm telling you, you want to do an amalgamation of the two. The thing <laughs> yes, no, I, I'm telling you right now, it's amazing. Well, I've, that's, done, I've done it before at home. It's incredible. Well, that's, that's that's the weird that's the weird thing. And Joe Joe will be aware of this. I don't know if this is other places, but in Buffalo, at certain locations, certain sub shops, they have what's called the Stinger Sub, which mm -hmm. is chicken fingers and steak. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, hot chicken fingers and then flat steak. Okay. So I want to do, since we're getting into this for a second, I'm going to go down this road. I don't understand who decided, and it's only happened, I think, in the last five years, decided to start putting chicken fingers on a sandwich. If you're going to put breaded chicken, it should be a breaded chicken cutlet. I don't want chicken fingers on a sandwich. I'll eat them on their own. I'll well, dip them in the sauce. What's happened, though? Russ, did you see the latest the latest atrocity at McDonald's? I did. The McChicken, the filet of fish, and a Big Mac all in the same. But even the chicken finger on a sandwich makes no sense to me. It's like, give me a real chicken cutlet. Give me a real piece of grilled chicken. Like, if I want a chicken finger, I'll order a chicken finger. But like to get that on a sandwich, I don't get it. Have you seen the grilled chicken rolls? I saw that the other day. A place that had a roll has has a hamburger inside two pieces of grilled chicken. Um, oh, this like, is like this is like the Kentucky Fried Chicken that uses the chicken yeah. fillet or the pickle sandwich like, um, that I was supposed to try, and I never tried the pickle sandwich. Oh, this this is like this is like your acting special, you know, like you're just going to protein it up and not have any carbs. You get two pieces of chicken, <laughs> right. put them on the outside of a of a of a hamburger. Oh man, I got to tell you, uh, but I still would pass even if it was something else that I ate inside. I would pass the uh, the breaded steak sandwich at Rico Benny's in Chicago. Let me tell you. You've not you've not lived and come so close to dying in one sandwich before your life. Okay, it's it's incredible. Is that like a chicken fried steak sandwich? Basically, if it's good steak, why the hell are you breading it? Who cares? It's not good steak. It makes it it it's it's fine steak. It's not fine steak. It's steakums if they're breading it. Like, come on, man. This place has been in Chicago for ages, man. Like, yeah. Ross, you can tell some Southsiders they can't. They can't do it. Like, come that's on. right. Breaded, Ross, breaded I'll, steak I'll, isn't I'll, that just chicken fried steak? Isn't that the same thing? Like, it is. Ross, I'll take you. I'll take you to a certain establishment in Buffalo that Joe knows that does the fried bologna and onion sandwich. Oh, I, I won't eat it. I don't eat bologna anymore. But my dad used to make fried bologna all the time when I was a kid. I liked it. Once in a while, it was it was the only meal he could make. He would make fried bologna and eggs. Like that went together. I get it. Yeah, it was like it's like a quarter. It's like a, a two quarter inch thick slices of bologna with onion. Yeah. Before we go, right. move on. But the the we had a Super Bowl party here with my um. What we've been doing is my daughter who goes to college about an hour away mm-hmm. brings her friends for the Super Bowl here every year. So far, it's been fun. Um. So one time, I really get to meet her friends from college and events. So they, I always ask them for their requests, and one of their requests this year, you know, for snacks. Was spaghettios? They're like a big spaghettios. Um, it's a big thing now. It's a big oh. thing. You usually oh. make come back okay. to college campuses. God. So I got a crock pot and ten, um, ten things of spaghettios and, and cooked it all day in a crock pot. What was the smell like in the house? <laughs> well, I I was oh, like salty. I tasted it, you know, and I'm like, because I was like, oh, you know, and I'm like, oh man. You know, as as somebody of Italian, cooking it all day would work. You know, would help maybe. But no. as somebody <laughs> as of Italian extraction, I can I can honestly say I've never had spaghettios. I yeah. saw them open in a can once. It made me so ill that I almost puked. You've never eaten them ever? Not no, once. I make my own pasta. That's crazy. No, that's not. I, I'm stunned by that. Like that's I, that's like a basic kid meal. And I've never <laughs> eaten pasta. I've never eaten pasta with like ragu. I make my own sauce. That's never smart. in your whole life. Never in my whole life. Wait, you that's make your own sauce every time? Yes. Every time. Every time. Wow. Wow. Right. Right. Well, that's, I that's, mean, full uh, marks. That's. Oh, there you go. What do you? You know, come on. All right. All right, you said it. Um, all right, here we go. I can say it by myself, sure. Um, let's do this. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold to my um, but I haven't COVID tested and I'm perfectly fine. So yeah. you know you're gonna get sick. Um, here we go. 
Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Michael Agello, and Evander Kane got booed in San Jose last night. Gee, I wonder why. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and just don't sit next to me on Thursday. That's all. Yeah, I will, promise. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'm Joe Yurden. I'm here once again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything else to introduce myself. He's by. host of the Maintenance Day podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, I do do that. And I'm Eklund. And you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I sound worse than I feel. That's typical of these colds. But, you know, I'm okay. And uh, I do. I'm glad we have Joe on today because, you know, I wrote my article I just wrote now was, um, I think, one of my better had my better titles of, of you know, I, I, I don't usually like care too much about titles, but I wrote, um, my title is tomorrow night with a K, you know, and then I put Jack's back, Stone's back, no, and, and, NHL, and NHL hack. Um, back. Yep. Jack's back, Stone's back, you know, one being a possible yes, one being the possessive, pretty good. And, um, and then, uh, and then NHL hack is a joke. It's just, and this is, this is like, I've been okay. talking to people today about this, and you know, okay. I know we've talked about this before with Kucherov, but this is really no. Okay, the, okay, the, you know what? Then NHL do something about it until they close the loophole. <clears throat> I have no problem with a team now. You know, Joe says the Leafs guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they did make. Did you invent this rule? You invent this rule, David Clarkson. But, but, but no. I mean, if you don't like this loophole, then change it. Other than the Florida Panthers liked it last year in the first round of the playoffs, I'll tell you that. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, honestly, listen, you're right. It's, and I wrote about it. It's not illegal. Um, and I'm sure Stone no. has back pain. I'm sure 95% of the NHLers right now have back pain. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You're playing since you're six years old in a, in a hunched down position, getting getting the crap beat out of you every night. Yeah, you're going to have back pain. I mean, I have back pain and I don't do that. So it's like I can imagine that this is you know, and he probably does need does need to see somebody. And, and you know, but the, the way they did, they didn't even try. They like they come out and they just say McCrimmon says we our medical doctors, along with several specialists, have been unable to figure out why his back's hurting him, and are not sure as to how long it'll take to f- fix it. Um, you know, it'll magically be cured on April thirtieth. You know, right. there was. I wrote, wrote, you know, it's a good thing he's not you know in Beijing right now. You know, where there's precedence for this act. Um, yeah. On an episode of Underdog, Underdog was at the um, a museum once, and unbeknownst to him, an Excalibur sword went down his back, and okay. all of a sudden, uh, he basically the next day he's like, "I had this like shooting pain." It was to music. I'm not singing the song because it Underdog was. Was this an episode? You don't sing the song. I'm not gonna let you go on. Continue. Was right. This an episode but, that starred Alan Walsh. But he basically said when he laid down, he was right and right as rain, and when he got up, there was a shooting pain. And sure enough, there was an Excalibur sword there. Like, but it took a while. So right. like, this is the easiest kind of injury to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't really know what it is. And the thing about Mark Stone is he's not the kind of guy. He's he's definitely a wimpy guy who wouldn't play through anything. Like you know, like we know Stone's character is just like oh, is yeah. that of, is that of which you know he would if, you know he for for a thumb you know for a hangnail he would be out for a week. Like Stone would be playing so hard right now for Team Canada in Beijing if he was there. There's no choice about it. So the reality is like and listen, I don't blame the Knights for doing it because it's there. I don't you know, but at the same time, it's a little bit more risky than what Tampa did in some ways, because to me, Tampa was in the playoffs. Okay. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Knights are not in the playoffs, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're in the playoffs now, but they're not a given for the playoffs. And on top of that, 
you know, there's a couple other things that are happening here. Like they're breaking up some of their lines by putting by putting him in the first line with with you know Dadinov and Patrick Ready, yeah. moving Chandler Stevenson off. You know, who has been really like having an incredible year. There's some they're really good anywhere. I don't think you have to worry. There's about some that. weird things here, though. You know, um, you know what's weird? Get... I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that's weird, Act. And and I've noticed this mm -hmm. with the Flyers, and now it's going to extend to the Golden Knights. There used to be a thing called a conditioning assignment. Jack yeah. Eichel hasn't played in an NHL game or any hockey game in a very long time. He should play a couple of games in the AHL because he really the reality should. is he could come through this first game, play great. He might even play great in his second game. By yeah. game five or six, he may start having problems again because conditioning off the ice is never the same and practice is never even close to what's going to happen in a game. And, oh, they don't, and it's it just it, it boggles and the, the And the fix here, the crazy thing about this whole thing, right, is the fix is so obvious. It's so easy to fix this really angel rule. It's just like, it's like, it, it. I get why it exists during regular season. I'm okay with that. You know, I think it makes sense to exist, but there's no reason it doesn't, there's no reason that it stops at playoff time. Like why would the LTIR th rule stop at playoff time? Why because, can you suddenly? Because, because players don't earn salary in right. the playoffs. But that's, not, that's not the point of the whole thing. You know, but that's the reason. The point of the, the cap is. is fairness. The point of salary cap is to keep teams on a fair playing level. Wait, 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 wait. It's fair for everybody because that option is open to every team. It is. It's really Actually, not. Kevin it's Allen said yesterday, fairness was never written into the rules. Yeah, yeah, I right. get that. But but this is like, but but why the hell aren't we? Like, it's such a simple thing to do. I'm on you your side. Like, I, I think they should have already changed this. It's so, it's so obvious and so easy. Um, the, well, players oh, don't, I, the players don't want to do it. Don't want to do it because there's, right. there's, that's less money, right, for the players. Right, because um, these guys are still getting paid, um, and and it's an opportunity for players to go to a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup, and they're not going to take that option away from teams. So you yeah. know, like like happened with Antoine Vermette and and Patrick Kane back, you know, a few years back with with Chicago. What happened with Kucherov last yeah. year? We've seen manipulation of LTIR with a number of teams. It's fair across the board. Every but it's not like you know. The, I'll tell you what gets me mad, Mike. Sorry, it's not like. And, and this is why I said it's like a five or ten million dollar coupon because it really is. Teams aren't going just a little over. Like if they do it, they're going over a guy who has a big salary almost it's every like time. Seven million dollars over. Yes. Um, eight million dollars over. Yes. Um, and that. Well, if you're like, gonna go, go big. Yeah. You're gonna go, go big. Know, like, and I mean, the reality is, okay, go they can or go do home. It. They can do it. But if you remember, right after the first, you know, miss after we missed the whole season, we came back with a new NHL at the time it was called. Um, we had this whole thing about about you know appearances like the nhl didn't want anything that appeared like a cap circumvention was was <laughs> you remember this like there were there were trades that were nixed yes. because they were obvious salary trades but the nhl didn't want to become the nba so they, they would nix them they said no we're not not, not to make that a hockey trade so players well, have that, to be included that, that's over with now act because that we're went allowing, away obviously we're allowing three-way deals we're so allowing having deals. at least fifteen thousand seat seating capacity that's gone away too and this so, thing yeah. but this thing is so clearly one of those type situations well i want to yeah. go i want to talk about that in a minute but i want to ask joe a question because mm. elliot friedman said something uh on the his latest uh, podcast with jeff merrick uh regarding uh, eichel's situation with the sabers and I, I had, I mean, I read this completely differently. He essentially said that the, in the end, the reason that Eichel forced the trade out of Buffalo was because Buffalo was essentially too conservative and too careful with what they wanted to do with Eichel's neck. That it, at that point, Eichel 
uh, found it untenable to stay with the Sabres. I mean, maybe that was part of it, Joe, but my my read on the situation was the Sabres have been and are a losing organization. He has spent, what, seven years of his career in Buffalo. He didn't see any way of winning here. And he used that as an opportunity, used the next situation as an opportunity to get out of Dodge. And I, I think that that's more accurate than, you know, the reason that everything was going on was because Buffalo's medical staff was wanted to treat his neck too conservatively. I, I don't know. I, 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 I see this as something that it can, it can be all of those things okay. at once. Um, Buffalo, the, the whole thing with Buffalo's medical staff, I mean, you know, Robin Leonard came out and went scorched earth about them. Yeah. Um, and I look at who who Jack's closest people were on the team over the years, and Zach Bogosian was one of them. And Bogosian went through hell with his hips, right? You right. know, do much due in part because the Sabres said, "Okay, go get your go get the one hip operated on. We'll get it taken care of." You can't just do one hip and not no, the other. Everybody gets you know? both done now, yeah. right? So they didn't do that with Zach. And a year later, same thing on the other hip. He had to go get it, get it operated on. That cost him like basically a full year of action. For, you know, having a rehab from that, recovering from it and everything. I mean, both times it came towards the end of the season, but still, like, if you're missing two, three months at a time, like, it's it's brutal. So I can understand Jack saying, listen, if you guys want to go conservative on this, uh, I'm not feeling it because I don't want to be dealing with next stuff, you know, for the next five years. You know, Jack saw something that he saw as a solution to get it done now, get it done effectively and get it done so he doesn't have to worry about it, at least until his career's over with. Like, that's, I, I can understand that, but, like, I don't know the the details that all came out, you know, in the in the days after the trade happened, where you know Jack basically said he asked for a trade after the 2019-2020 season, which led to them signing Taylor Hall before the 2021 season right. to try to sway him and say, hey, hey, no man, we're serious, we really want to, you know, we're going to go for the playoffs. And do you believe that? You know, did he ask for that trade then? I 100 percent believe that. You do? Okay. Yeah. No, I, the situation was already bad enough. And then, yeah, but you know, from, and then, from, and then, from, and then from, or just a team perspective. And then, and then Jason Bottrell signs an $8 million one year contract with Taylor Hall after he already has a $9 million left winger and he moves that guy to the fourth line. Mm, that was, it was Kevin Adams. Well, yeah. it's Kevin Adams, excuse yeah. me, Kevin Adams. Sorry, but that's but that's to me that's uh, the Pagulas coming over the top to say like, no, we got to keep Jack. We got to make All sure right. Jack stays. Yeah, yeah, they did go. I mean, to me, I never see Jack Eichel as someone who's running away from a bad team. No, no, I mean he. I don't think well, that. I, I don't think, no. Like everybody's human, Eck, and I think yeah. it did wear on him. I do. Of course, Eck, it wears on him, but I don't think you're demanding a trade. No, for but that, Eck, for well, that well, reason, well, I, don't, well, I, I, don't well, I, I think what happened there is that Adams told him what their plan was. Like, hey, listen, right. Mm-hmm. Here's what we want to do. Here's what we're looking yeah. to do. And Jack said, "Listen, I'm not spending the next three, four years hanging around waiting for this. Like you, yeah. you like you're gonna you're gonna walk me to the end of my contract, and I'm gonna run screaming from here. Like that's yeah, you know that that's how that works. And I mean, at that point, the Sabers got to go. Yeah, yeah, we should probably move him because if he's gonna be unhappy here, there's no point in keeping him here. Because well, yeah. I, if you want to build around him and say like, hey, we're gonna do this right, well, they've already start they they started by building around him. You know, when they drafted him, so. Yeah. You know, you burn five, six years of a guy's career and he gets sick of it. So I I can never fault him. If McDavid asked to be moved this year, if Edmonton, if something screwy goes on with Edmonton, would anybody blame him? I don't think so. No, I'm waiting uh, for it. I'm I expecting would. it. I would. I would. I'm ex- really? I, yeah. Oh, my I mean, God. Just, no, no. I mean, I'm, oh, my God is right. I mean, to me, the reality is, like, there's the culture of hockey that I grew up with, at least. That's just that's just not something you do. Like you would never you would never do that, and and you would never you never just run like the whole you know 
I, when Lindros didn't go to Quebec, mm-hmm. I got that for the political aspect of things. That was like, okay, there was, he was a political, he was, he was part of the time. There was a Quebec separation. Everything was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was being used as like a pinball in that situation. Um, but if he had said, I'm not going there because they suck. I would have been like, eh, you just, to me, to me, if you're, if you're a star player and the team's not good, you know, you, you don't run away from that situation. You fix it. You fix, you, you help. Yeah. Listen, I get that too, but I think there is, there are limits to that. Yeah. It happens. It happens in professional sports all the time. I mean, Eli Manning forced his way. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other professional sports, but I know this is a little bit, bit, you know, I don't see why glasses of me for hockey players, but I've just never seen it. The mentality that I've seen with hockey players my whole life, you know, like been being around a lot of them since I was really little, like even professional players since I was really it's, little, just, I mean, just Mc, not something that's done. McDavid went to Edmonton. That he expected them to build around him. They've, they have, I, in my mind, in my person, my personal opinion, they've wasted seven years of a great career. Uh, he's made the playoffs twice. Uh, if you and three times, if you count the, the bubble. They've advanced past the first round once. That's not Connor McDavid's fault. That's not Leanne no. Dreisaitl's fault. That's the that's the ownership. That's the general manager, and that's the head coach of that team not putting together a good enough team around a superstar player. It's a waste. I think the other thing Eck, that you have to take into account here is uh, McDavid's been a good soldier. I think when he was drafted, and we all saw the spatial expression about who was drafting him, he was not thrilled. That was no. not his choice in his mind he of wanted the place to go to that Buffalo. he wanted to go. We all he, know this. He wanted no, to go to Buffalo. That. He wanted to go to Toronto. Yeah, to no, all know, and we all that? saw the way he reacted at that. Yeah. yeah. And and that was a you know, but but and you're right, he's been a great soldier. Um, and he's also been put in personal positions that have been pretty strong. Like he's been he's his his, his, his as opposed to Eichel, like you know, McDavid has at least personally has done well because of you know, I mean, they got they brought in they have Drysaitel. They have other players that have really been significant and have enabled him to be the leading scorer in the league and have a very. I mean, Eichel's McDavid's career versus Eichel's career are totally different, right? So, the the reality is, you know, they haven't gotten the goalie. They haven't won the playoffs. I get that. I mean, um, I think his strongest position was having that all black kitchen. I think in a couple of years he's really going to regret that. I stand. I think by it's that. the heated sidewalks, personally, but you know. yeah. But even even to me, to me, even to me, like the um. Like if Austin Matthews was to like if the if Leafs go out in the first round of the playoffs again this year, yeah, Austin Matthews and everyone every right to ask to be traded too because they haven't gotten past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's different. They're actually winning. Yeah, I know. Like, Edmonton's like Edmonton's like the halfway point between Buffalo and Toronto when it comes yes. to that. They're yeah. winning. I mean, are you winning if you're just playing one round of the playoffs? Though? I mean, really, honestly. Well, you're yeah. in a division with Florida and Tampa. Still, and Boston. And Boston. <laughs> I mean, uh, Joe, but is there just closing the page on on the Sabers? Is there any bigger slap in the face to Ralph Kruger than the, the fact that Jeff Skinner has twenty goals and is leading the Sabers in scoring after his questionable treatment of a player who scored forty goals, putting him on the fourth line, and now you give him good players to play with, and he actually scores? It's uh. It, it wasn't just poor treatment. It was downright disrespectful. Yeah, Skinner. It was. Uh, I mean, I wonder what happened behind the scenes, though. I mean, Joe, you probably heard things happen behind the scenes. There had to be something going on that made 
that made him react that made Kruger react the way he did. There's something about Skinner that seems to ruffle the feathers of kind of yeah. old mentality hockey yeah. guys. Yeah. I, I, you guys remember when he got traded out of Carolina, everybody took kicks at him on the way out the door. Like yeah. Rod Rod, Rod Brindamore didn't even coach him. He was like, Yeah, we're glad to not have guys like that around. I'm like, Yeah, because yeah. he's a, you know why? Because <laughs> like, okay. he's a one he's a one zone player. That's all he is. He's Kruger a pick the wrong hill to die on in my opinion like yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, yeah. A lot of wrong that's really what he did i mean he well, honestly he, he said okay I'm, I'm gonna make make him an example basically that you know you don't make an example of your 20 30 goal scorer you know you make an example of your fourth line guy who's being an idiot yeah i'm gonna move, i'm gonna move him down to the second line with marcus johansson who's not a center that's that let's, was, let's uh, talk about yeah, Eichel, he, though, he put, gotten he put track on what we think <laughs> Eichel will yeah, do yeah let's let's get into what what will Eichel be for the vegas golden knights like will this take does is this the piece that takes them over the top given that when you know when they get to the make, are they going to make the playoffs without stone and with eichel they'll make yeah. the playoffs i don't think this puts them over the top i think it's a, they're a dangerous team i i don't think even eichel will be the best player on the team i don't at least not this year right not this year i i i, I don't know the west the west is very top heavy um and vegas to me is in that they're, they're in it they should be, but they're not. When you look at the standings, right. they're simply not. I mean, well, they're, they're division. Not, it's, it's a bunch of idiots in that division, though. Like that's yeah, it's not a lot. Are like three division. points behind them. You know, it's yeah. like that's like the reality is that it's it, it's not a lock that they make the playoffs. Vegas but is I not think, a good team really right now. They're not a good team when you watch them play. They they make they don't have good goaltending. They they are. I mean, they're the best team in that division, but that's really not saying much. It isn't. I mean, honestly, they wouldn't be in the playoffs if they were in the other division in the West. Well, I look at it this way. It, it, I mean, it's so wide open. Like Calgary looks dominant sometimes, and other times they look just yeah. putrid. Uh, like I, I can't say that if they met in like the Pacific Division final, uh, that I would be definitively saying like, yeah, no, Calgary can beat them or Vegas can beat Calgary. Like I'm just I'm walking away from it saying like, whoever wins wins. Good for them. Yeah. I'm not picking anybody. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I losing Stone is a is a big deal. It is. Let's not get that loss. He's an MVP level, you know, Selkie style, you know, you know, big time scorer player. Like that's a big deal. Right. Um, yeah. But Eichel, Eichel's, Eichel's going to provide that the number one center they've never had. Like they've never had a true number one center. Carlson played like one points wise, but like they haven't had a guy that's like, whoa, that's the guy. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it's a different dynamic for them because they haven't had somebody dominate up the middle like that. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of work from the wings or just having a line, you know, one line completely come together and, and blow people away, you know, Smith Carlson and Marcia. So, but, um, this is a, this is a different look for them. And, and you know what, Jack, Jack's a guy that can play with a big chip on his shoulder now. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's obviously going to be, he's going to be, he's so annoyed about what happened in Buffalo. And he's going to want to want to go out and show everybody that he's the guy yeah. and that he can take charge and that, you know, if they get to, you know, if when they get to the postseason, he's going to take yeah. it to another level. Yeah, I do agree with that. And I, and I really want to see him just from a selfish point of view, because I've always liked him as a player, even before he was drafted. And I just think he's a great personality, too. I want to see him in a winning situation where he's not just getting beaten down. I do. I am. I really want to see what Jack Ruggle will be to the NHL just as a whole, you know, personality wise. On a winning team, I think he'll be something. I think he'll be something special. I think but, there will be a lot of there'll be a lot of love for Jack Eichel around the league. People will get to know him better. 
get his personality better because he's not always answering, you know, how does it feel to lose? Type but thing. I, I, I think we're starting to see sort of an arms race developing in, in, in that Pacific division and in the West. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about the other arm, Mike, because I've got real issues with this one. What, the Toffoli deal? I know you guys talked about yesterday. Yeah, I want to get, okay, first I want to get Joe's opinion on it because I think they paid a little too much the first round. Now, the I think the reason, and I think I'll let Russ talk for himself, but the thing is, they paid that because Toffoli is locked up on a rather economical deal for two more years. So four and a quarter million is not a ridiculous amount for him as long as he, you know, stays, um, you know, the same speed. He doesn't decline. He, then he's a pretty good ad. And he played for Daryl Sutter before where, where I, and I immediately thought this as soon as they made the deal is this is insurance against them letting Goudreau go at the end of the year and they have somebody at least to replace them, maybe not as good, but you know, I, I, I think that that was my read on it. What was your read on it, Joe? I, you know, I, I think that's a good idea to have some Goudreau protection in case you, know, you can't get him signed back because you don't want to lose a guy of that kind of dynamic without having something there in return. And you know, you're not going to get it in a free agency. You have to swing a deal to find somebody like that. But um, but I, to me, this is a this is a brilliant move for Calgary because this puts them for all the questions around them. It gives them another bullet, and it gives them you know it's somebody that Sutter knows and trusts, and you know he Toffoli's done it before in the past. We we saw him do it with the Kings, you know, showing that he's got the touch. He can he can get things done. Um, Calgary to me is a team that's that's built to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, with the way you know the way Sutter's teams play. The way the season Markstrom's having is incredible, and I think a lot of that's because of the way Sutter's teams play. Um, sure. But they, but they've they've covered up any a lot of the holes that they've had. They've covered up, but even the price that this cost them, I I don't have any issue with that. You know, they're, like that, I, first and you know the prospect the prospect that's that was third organization, okay, yeah. and the first round pick it's going to be in the you know be in the low mid twenties, like yeah. okay. They're, not, they're, it's they're, not a big loss. They're a, they're a scary team right now with with you know good Branson and uh you know the big guys they have on defense and you know mm-hmm. now they like you said they had an offensive player and Friedman reported that this could have been a bigger deal that maybe Sherratt was involved but then Sherratt got hurt and that might be something that a week or two from now when Sherratt is healthy that might happen still but okay, so you didn't like this deal. I like them getting to Foley. Um, I, I did. I, and I talked about them getting to it. We talked a lot about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We talked a couple of weeks. I said, I think this is, there was, I, and I said like a week ago, I said, if there's one thing I think is a definite is that you fully will end up in Calgary. I just really yeah. think that that's going to happen. Made complete sense. I mean, he played for Sutter in LA yeah. and they did a winger. However, then I heard what they're going to do with the Lions in Calgary. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, how they're going to play. I'm oh talking. no. You're pissed right, off so, that they're moving Mangiapani down to the third. Yeah. <laughs> I am. And I'm not just pissed off because of the stance I've taken on Manji Piani this year. Um, which, by the way, okay, if you look at the top 50 NHL goal scorers, he's number, he's number 13. He's number, listen, he's number 13 right now. But the other thing about him, he's the only one in the top 50 that's played under set that, that plays under 17 minutes a game. He's the only one. His, his I said, you don't get 30. any caveats. We we said it. You don't, you said you don't it, get on the ice and you don't play with people who can play. Like he has no, he has no assist. You all say he's this no wasn't assist. top 10 in points per minute. This was top 10 in scoring. I'm not saying I'm going to win this. You're right. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to win it, Mike, because he's not playing with anybody. And now he's on the third line. Now he's on the third well, the, line. 
Doesn't right. this give them an advantage in the postseason, though, to have a guy that can that can perform that way on a, on a line where you get mismatches? Goals, he has 16 goals in six years of playoffs. Is that a prolific goal scorer? No, but uh, no, but he's. We talked about the fact that he has gotten better. At, like he is, he's one of those guys on an upper trajectory. I don't care that. What I mean, he's he may there. have. He had a really good one with the Canadians. No question about it. Yeah, but the Canadian team. He was the player of the tournament. You know, he is. He is absolutely this year. He's been tearing it up, and to the point where you know he's got what twenty-one goals now, and he is you know thir- like I said, thirteenth in the league, playing fifteen. No, I'm not talking league. about Mangiapane. I'm talking about Tofoli. Sorry, you're still on Mangiapane. Yeah, no, I'm still in Magic Pine. Tofoli, I, I, I think he's great. I think he's a great third line player to add to your team. You know, I think the I term trust- is bad. I don't like the prospect that they gave up because I don't care that he's on his third organization. He's a really good prospect. He's close to being developed. He's gonna score in the NHL. The first, hey, the first is like what Joe said. The fifth, that's fine. But Calgary in two years, if they don't win anything, they're gonna look back at this and Sutter will be gone. They'll Heineman will be playing in the NHL. They're going to be missing picks, and they don't have a deep system. Like this will be a, a big step back for for Calgary if this doesn't work out. Finish my thought for a second because this is kind of all connected together. When they traded for Toffoli, I thought they would trade for him to come on their third line and be the solid third liner that he was, and like that he was in LA when they won, and 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 also to be the guy who was completely you know you could obviously play second line minutes, play do some penalty killing, do some great things like that, and that's what I expected him to do. That I didn't expect they'd have to give him a first give up a first round draft pick for that kind of player. I did not think that. So yeah. then when they give up when they give up a first round draft pick, suddenly now he's got to be on the second line because you gave up a first round draft pick. And you gotta like now you gotta like say, okay, yeah, yeah. no, I am with you on that. You no, know, so I now you've you've, you've traded a lot more for him, and now you have and, and who you're gonna move off move to make that happen? Your 24 goal scorer. Thanks, thanks, Randy, for correcting me in the in the um chat room. Your 24 goal scorer. Um you know, yeah, but you're now going to play with Monahan. Your second, your second highest um, paid player is on your third line too. So Manji Pani will be playing with Sean Monahan. So it's not like it's a normal third line act. But we all know that Monahan has definitely is definitely not the player he was. He's no, I, I, with I them. I, you know, I'm still going to say with them. I've seen Monahan. I haven't seen this big decline. I've just seen the way they're using him. In the Sutter system, I think when he breaks free of that, he'll be better than which is typical of Sutter, right? Like Sutter has a way of some players thrive, some players don't. Yeah. The weird thing is, Mangiapane is thriving. Yeah. In a second line role, you know, which I thought was, you know, and I let Chris granted, I still think they should be playing it more than they are. I think he should be getting more power play minutes than he gets. But at the same time, you can't argue he's scoring 24 goals. Yeah. That's, that's so Sutter's, you know, and it's in the top line in Calgary is phenomenal. You can't stop that. That's one of the best lines in hockey. Mm -hmm. So I get him being on the second line. I wish he had. If and you're going to bring Toffoli in, play him with Mangiapane. Like bring it. Give 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 him somebody to pass to. Give him somebody to actually work with. Wingers, so both right wingers or whatever they this are. This term right? on Toffoli's bad because he's going to get slower and they're going to be stuck with that contract. Well, it's only two more years. It's not. Yeah, like it's only two more years. Only four million bucks, Mike. But the cap's not going up. And if you've got a four million dollar guy who's not scoring twenty five I mean, goals a year and he's scoring ten or twelve, it's going to be a problem. Here's the final thing on this, Monahan. And like Randy's saying in the chat, listen, Monahan and Mangiapane. If Monahan gets his gets his mojo back because he's playing with Mangiapane a little bit, and that then then becomes the second line essentially. If if he that is that becomes that becomes the second line. If Monahan's at the top of his game, Mangiapane's at the top of his game. That's better than anybody else they're going to have on that other line. If Toffoli loses a step in the next two years, Ross, then you're right. I mean, then then it's a bad. Then it's I think the chances are he will. Well, I mean, I don't care about his age. Anybody could tell me he's 29 years old. You never know when it's going to happen for somebody, and he's been managing to do this slower than the league average for a while there is a point where it it gets to be a bridge too far 
but the, the, here's here's where I think this is really interesting. And I was talking about sort of like that that arms race, Joe, is the fact that okay, now Vegas is getting Eichel back. That was you know they're waiting for him. They weren't going to rush him, especially with uh, the NHL not going to the Olympics. So he's you know coming back in the middle of February. Uh, Calgary gets to Foley. They may get Sherratt. That's possible. Um, you know, LA is supposedly out there looking for a, a forward. You know, we've heard Line A's name mentioned, but it could be somebody else. Um, but you look at you look at the wild card race right now. I know that you know Edmonton has fired their coach. They've won a couple games in a row. Anaheim might be falling falling down. The question is now: Will they will they start trading some of their rentals? But Dallas, Winnipeg, Vancouver. I, you know, I think it's a race. It's all a race for one spot. I think it's a one spot in the wild card in the West. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly shaping up that way, but it's a big race. Like, you know, I, I think what's helping, what's helping that race out is that the fact that the top part of the Pacific would only be in that, in that wildcard race, right. yeah. you know, like that's, I think that's what's helping bring a lot more of these teams involved because, you know, once yeah, you, once sure. you get down past third in the Pacific, suddenly 55 points is going to get you in the playoffs. And right, you know, yeah. that, that brings it, you know, that brings Dallas back in into play. Winnipeg, yeah, I don't know about Winnipeg, but like, yeah. Van, you know, Vancouver's in play. I mean, if Winnipeg's involved, so is San Jose. And I don't know San if Jose's gonna... broadcast last night said they were involved. Like, that's the way they did the broadcast. And they're, they're, in it, they've got to they, win these games. They're involved the way the Buffalo Bills were in the hunt back in the day when they were, know. like, you know, and six act- and nine going into the last yeah, week. Like, I mean, they could sneak in. Like, yeah, if this happens right. and that happens in the movie. Right. Now, sure. act, this is where you and I can rub our hands with glee as March 21st approaches because the Eastern conference is eight teams and eight teams are out. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see all eight of those teams trading with the teams in the West that are all bunched up within like six or seven points of each other. It's going to be an Exodus East to West. Wait, who's going to break into the East? Come on. Tell us. We're going to go into it. Yeah, tell us who is going to break like through the wall. Let me into this again. Who is going to break through the wall like the Kool Aid Man and make the playoffs when it's already set in the East? Please tell it's us. Not set in the East, but listen, there's seven teams that are set in the East. I agree with you. Oh my God, would you stop? But, um, <laughs> no, until I see what the Islanders do with all these games at hand. Oh um, my God. And, and until I see that the Capitals can can continue what they were playing way above their heads for long for most of the season, until I see that. That, that, to me, I still think the Capitals are capable of losing 8 of 10 like they just did, and the Islanders are capable of winning 8 of 10. And, I and think, what did that do for anybody? And act, they're The Isles are still 21 points back. 21 points behind. Yeah. If yeah. eight games in hand, they're 21 points behind. If if there's one team that they could possibly catch, it's it's Boston. If their goaltending collapses, if Marchand uh, or excuse, Bergeron's hurt right now, I don't know what his status is. If if and Marchand gets suspended again, which I don't put anything past that idiot, um, you know. But no, I mean it's it's over with. They're what five points back. They're five points back. Okay, if they won, if they were to win the games in hand. So at this point, to me, like. I look at that and I see the Capitals who I've really, really been struggling. I just have a feeling that we're going to see a race still. And I don't know. It's just a hunch. I could be wrong. But I, with a compact schedule like that, you're going to get ground down. You're going to get, 
it is up like if if they superman their way through that then like just put them in anyways because if they if they're able to get through that and like get through like a, a grind where like yeah. they, they win 15 games in 20 days or whatever it is like just okay fine like cool well, the advantage they have over win. some teams and with this grind also with the compact games now is going to really and this is if you want to pick who's going to make it in the west and and you know and give the islanders a slight chance in the east you just have to look at the teams that have two legitimate goalies like because the reality is you know that's where that's where it's going to come when, when you have this many when you're playing five games a week like like, like i think a couple teams are doing this week and you're playing five games a week you have to have two legitimate goalies like better have three you <laughs> like, might honestly three. right and to me that's where the islanders have a huge advantage like they like have they're nine ten and three at home i know no i know listen at and home now they have struggled mightily at home but that doesn't mean that you know they have a lot a lot of these games are being made up are at home they right the so what's going to magically one turn advantage that the islanders have versus the, the, the difference between the islanders playing say like they sit down just have to play 10 games in two weeks or the oilers who are also make the or who have makeup games right have to play 10 games in two weeks the difference with the Islanders and the Oilers is the Islanders travel for those 10 games in two weeks is going to be nothing compared to the Oilers. Well, they travel less to lose. They're four and six in their last 10. I know, but they, they sleep at home when they play against the Rangers. They sleep at home when they play against the Devils. Correct. They, they can sleep, lose they at sleep home, at home when they play against the Flyers. They can sleep anywhere. They still suck. I mean, right now they're playing terrible. Edmonton has to, you know, Edmonton's going to be in Calgary, going to be in Vancouver, going to be in Colorado. We're not talking about Edmonton. We're talking about – I'm just saying that there's – I know. That if any team – they have – if you need something, you need to, like, make that travel not wear you out as much as it's possible, which they, they have the benefit of that, that the travel is not going to wear them out as much as it will other teams. Act, and you need two goals. They cannot score. I know. You have yeah. to win when you cannot score. No, I watch them all the time, and, you know, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's weird that I'm fighting for the Islanders because it's like a team that I grew up hating, but I'm just saying that <laughs> – you know, last year I was fighting for the Rangers. You know, the same in the same way. Like I thought, the Rangers looked like they were going to be a playoff team. You know, but and they and they worked. They almost got there. Now, Joe, I know, I know you have to drop off before two o'clock, but I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you on this because I saw yesterday the tweets that came out from the Arizona Coyotes, look showing showing the arena at Arizona State with pride. This is going to be our arena. <laughs> Honestly, okay. You're really proud of the fact that you're going to be playing in an, an arena smaller in seating capacity than most AHL buildings. I, I honestly, this is an embarrassment. I, I I don't know what the hell Gary Bettman is doing, and really, I wonder. You know, they've made this agreement with Arizona State. What if the uh, the the building uh, thing in Tempe does not pass, and they're locked into playing in Arizona State for three years, and then they're going to move? I I think that's something that they can get out of rather okay. quickly. Oh. Um, uh, if, if knowing how the how how well Batman and everybody can cover their cover their behinds in these things, Gary knows how to write the legal language to, yeah. to be able to make sure that there's that okay. there are loopholes to be able to escape in case. Sure, but they're going to be there for a year, no matter what. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, this, it's, this it's a huge negotiation tactic, guys. It's a huge negotiating tactic right now. For who? I've already told you the board doesn't like the ownership. What is going to make the board for Tempe like the ownership more? This building doesn't mean anything to the people in Tempe. A, a new arena will make the will make the ownership like will make the the board of governors happy. Yeah, the arena no, 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 and being able to cash in on the money there. This is no, the, the city the of Tempe. Board, the city board in Tempe. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if they get if, 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 the if there's money being thrown in by the by the coyotes, twenty million dollars is not a lot of money. No, that's not a lot. No, but if the no, but if there's serious money being thrown in, like if it changes. Remember, this is all. This is all. Like, a, these guys do have money. They're not. Okay. I know, but, but right. this is all not a scam, but it's all it's all a uh, a, a, con a conception here to get uh, uh, condominiums built in Tempe, and the building is going to be part of it. If they don't like the owner, they're not going to approve this. That's the whole point. Uh, yeah, um, I mean that's that's difficult. No, there's um, money involved. Like there's a lot of money involved. There. Sure. Yeah. As long as as long as there's enough money involved that everybody yeah. can be happy. That's like, what that's, that's the big thing. It really comes down to like they'll like them a lot more with like you know a billion dollars than they will but, ten million. Here, okay, here's here's my problem, Joe. Is like okay, say everything that Gary Bettman wants to happen happens. Mm -hmm. They 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 get the building built in Tempe. They stayed at Arizona State for three years as they build a building, and now they have a 17, 18,000 seat arena in Tempe. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are the fans going to come from? It's because a, it's a much shorter trip from Phoenix to Tempe. I'll tell you that much. Agreed. I mean, <laughs> it, and and uh, you know, I have friends who live in Scottsdale, and a lot of people who live in Scottsdale go to games, but they don't. Not as many of them do because they would have to drive across through Phoenix to Glendale to go. So maybe you get some people there, right. but in the end, it's going to be how Bill Armstrong uses all these thousands of draft picks that he's uh, that he's accumulated over the last year or so, and he, we know that it takes two, three, four years to develop. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't see this team really being good. There's a lot of opposition in this deal environmentally for yeah, the yeah. airport. There's a campaign to vote against this. Like this isn't like even a close to a slam dunk deal. This is like a home run pitch. Yeah. No, I think you're right, and I think that it, 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 this is a bit of a help. Well, we'll use another hail mary. Use another metaphor. It is. One. It is a hail mary. But um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, it's any of those things. So I think the reality is, yeah, there's no. I mean, I I do. I will tell you this though, it'll be a lot of fun. If 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 I want to go to one of those games in that building, because that is going to be, if it's going to be drunken college students like and other people around and other fans, it is going to be a hell of a good time. I have no interest. It's going to be a hell of a good time to go to one of those. Did games. you see the seating? I don't even think they have hardback seats. I'm not Great. sitting. The crazier, the better. It's going to be one of those no, situations. No, no, that no. I'm a fifty year old guy. You're I need to lean back time. into an actual seat. It's it's not like a, it's not like it's going to be a, a basketball game at Cameron Indoor where they're jumping no. on. The, you know, I bet you this. I bet you StubHub will be three times ticket price. For what? I'm telling you. For what? For, for a last see, place team. It's going to be rentals to a see novelty. It's going to be a novelty for a while. That people are going to be so. It's and it's going to be it's going to be fired up. They're going to they're going to if they yeah, go next year. Nick Ritchie will be the number one. Last I mean, some winner. of the most fun things that fun times I've ever had have been in college. Hey, all right, just to give you an idea. Do you know how many sellouts the Islanders have had at home this year with their new arena? One. One. Thirteen. The opener. The opener, I think. Now they'll have more sellouts because they're only selling thirty-two hundred to four thousand seats. But this is not going to be a happening. It will not. This will be happening because it'll be so small. It'll be like if you, you brush, you've been. I'm surprised at you. I mean, you've been, you've been to Princeton, you've been to Cornell, you've been to these. Yeah, and you know what? It's uncomfortable to sit in the crowd in Princeton. I sit You're in an a old man. You say that, Russ. You're an old man. What are you talking about? It's uncomfortable. We're not talking about going to Sun Devils games. We're talking about going to Coyotes games. I know. And you're going to be watching like the Coyotes, and they're going yeah, to be who, young who players. Who are you watching? Who's going to be left? Yeah. There are a lot of good young players that are going. They're going to have a lot of. Let's root for Andrew Ladd. Woo. 
no, you, you, guys, you guys have never heard of what Arizona State is like. It's going to be like, oh my God, it's a party school like crazy. <sighs> Think no, like Nor- New Orleans and Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's how it is. Exactly. And I mean, I know, I know a kid who played hockey there um, just two years ago. He's on a reality show. Yes, the key. It's, it's not yeah. going to be like a student ticket thing like I did going to the Astrodome. When I went to University of Houston, students, unless it's you're not rich, like you're not going to be going to these games. It's not like you're going to buy a ticket and you get a free keg. We'll do something with like 100 tickets that? that they'll sell to students every game. I guarantee it'll be something like that. Yeah, it could be something like that. I said the students already have the kegs with them. They don't have to get a free keg. Have you, it's a party. It's a party school. The capital P. It is. And capital P. Capital K. Capital R. Heck, tell me P, this. I want to ask. I'm going to ask you a legit question here. Yes. What happens? And this won't happen. But what happens if the Arizona Coyotes, Coyotes made it to the Stanley Cup? Tell me how that's going to work out. It'll be freaking phenomenal. Hilarious. Nobody will be able to cover it. There won't be a big enough press box. There won't be any seats in the crowd. Tell no, me I how the league is that. going to cover but that. If you're in that building. It'll be something else. Like nobody's be, going to be in that building. They're barely going to be able to fit anything. It'll be hard on people like us who want to cross. cover the thing. The, but, the media will be sitting in a tent outside watching it. It will be unbelievably no, 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 bad. No, no. Could the media imagine? will be seated all around the concourse, right? All yeah. the way around the. No, but I'm just saying, area. Joe. Could you imagine if they made it to the Stanley Cup, showing that place on TV, like, "Hey, here's Game One of the Stanley Cup." And those people had a really good laugh about it inside my head. They're I, way more. I, the I want it to happen now. They're way more the bad news bears. They're way more the bad news bears rest than they are Stanley Cup champions. Okay, they are not. I mean, this. this I know, is, but I'm just this pointing. This is a group of people, players that are going to be all playing to prove themselves in the NHL level, and these are other players who are coming in there, like a lot of college guys who played in college or whatever, or he plays played in. Yeah, heck, I know they're going to freaking love it. Are, players who come in there, they're going to love it. They're not. Per- yes, the players will love it. Sure, but again. They're gonna get tired of it too because the team is going to stink. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you 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 would assume the team is gonna stink. I agree with you. But the reality is, the reality is, hockey is there's so much. There's an, always an emotional factor in ice hockey. It's like, and and if that building is like as crazy as it could be, and you've got these young players who could care less if they win or lose, it could be a hell of a fun thing. It could be like you, I could see it being like. A place where no one wants to like you want to play because it's fun, but you also know it's going to be like there's going to be people right on top of you screaming at you, you know, drunken play. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And in a, in what could be, it, listen, and it, it's not sustainable for a long period of time. It's like okay, that's going to be fun for a year. Okay, if if you're looking about if you're talking about two years, then maybe not as much. Three years, definitely terrible. But for a year and a half. It'll be the thing. It'll be it'll be the place to be in the NHL. I'm telling there's you. There's a bigger there's a bigger story. Let's talk about right now. Guys, guys I have to take. Okay, off. thanks, Joe. Right, thank you, yeah, thanks for having thanks. me again. Anytime. So, right now, Sidney Crosby sitting at 499 goals. The Penguins play the Flyers tonight. Every Flyers fan knows Sidney Crosby will get his 500th goal against the Flyers. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting because you were probably at that game that I was where Hatcher did everything he could to beat up Crosby yeah. in his first game in Philly. He cuts his lip. He gets four stitches, but Crosby gets two goals, and I think he got the overtime game winner. Like, this is a guy who, even I think at this point, Flyers fans have to acknowledge his greatness the same way they acknowledge Lemieux. And I think it's interesting that he's got a chance to get 500 against the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, the respect that the Flyers players have for Crosby is like, is incredible. Like, in the, and, and the hatred, like I said before, like Giroux and Crosby are as tight as could be. You know, yes. um, they really are. And they 
are, and that, that's really a place I could see Giroud signing. You know, if he, mm -hmm. you know, I could, I absolutely could, and he would love to play with Crosby. They would love to play together. They are good friends. And well, what's the vitriol going to be like for Hextall? Because like, if the Penguins win, Crosby gets his five hundred. Right now, the Penguins are leading the Metro. Uh, I think the vitriol level is rising more for Hextall than it is for for Crosby at this point. Yeah. Well, now. Uh... Do people blame you? Can't blame Hexley because he was fired. I mean, it's not like and no, listen, they they they're people in Philly still want to dump on Hextall. Bobby Clark dumped on Hextall. Everybody still wants to do that. And you know what Hextall did that was brilliant when he went to Pittsburgh. Remember the first thing he said? I don't know if I'm rebuilding. It's kind of up to Crosby and Malcolm what they do. Well, yeah, that's what every and that's and that's a when you're when you're on that team. That's that's what you never hear that you want to hear. Like that's like yeah. That's definitely no, no question about it. That I, and they've kept the rebuild away. I mean, the interesting thing to me is, you know, after what? After tonight, the Flyers have eight home games in a row. Yeah. Which they've never had in their history of their franchise. Eight home games in a row. At the worst possible time, they could have eight home games in a row. Like, there's Well, just, Brittany doesn't think so, but otherwise. It's, I don't know what's going on with that, but. <laughs> but. Why has Gritty made some statement about this? No, no, no. I'm just saying Gritty's happy anytime he's out in public. Yeah, he's making 150 bucks a night. So yeah, it's cool. He's good. <laughs> all right. So all right. So you got that's the worst, that's the worst 150 bucks. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure more than that. I think he's making more than that. Hold on. 150. I'm not sure. Um uh depends, maybe. Sixty one hundred dollars. He's making more than that, egg. Sixty one hundred dollars a night. That's throwing more. That's throwing money down a toilet. He's making sixty one hundred dollars for this season. Well, he's making one hundred and fifty a game at sixty one hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But <laughs> it was funny though. I did. All right, well, let's just let's just go with it for now. All right, let's, so let's give Gritty like two hundred tonight, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> All right, so one ninety five. All right, it's like it's like a, it's like so, a cheap prostitute. There you right, buck ninety five. Let's go there. All right, so all right, so Gritty, but but the pro, so yesterday, I'm I'm sitting at home. And I see my phone lights up and I get, it says, it says on the phone, it says Philadelphia Flyers. All right. And, and this is what it says. This looks gritty. I'm thinking Grady's calling me right or whatever. Now I get calls from the, I get two different calls from the Philadelphia Flyers. And I never know which it is. One is because I bought tickets from them a couple of times and they're like, right. you know, hey, you're a ticket buyer. And, but more often it's like, you know, somebody in the media, whatever, something asking me about something or whatever. Um, so I answer the phone and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and they, you know, and I have to wait for them to say, you know, Hi, who, who they want to talk to. If they want to talk to Eklund, I know it's one person. If they want to talk to somebody else, somebody else. So I'm like, okay. So they wanted to talk to somebody else. So I then they said, We want to know your opinion about we know you've been to some Flyers games recently. And they have no idea this guy has no idea that I'm but, right. Like, it's hilarious. I know you I know you've been to some Flyer games over the last couple of years. We see you bought, you know, tickets in the past. I'm like, Yeah, I have. I've been a fan for a while. Um and he goes into the whole thing, asking me a whole bunch of questions about what's going on with the team, you know, and what do you think? And I start like bringing up all these like pretty in-depth things, you know, like I, I like launched into it. You, you want to come by and be not what he wants to hear. Like, he, just, he, just wants, he just wants to be the guy who says, well, you know, we're trying to get better, you know, but I'm like, right. but, but he just, he just doesn't want to hear my opinion of like the drop back play on every power play and how stupid right. he doesn't want to hear that. So, but instead so I'm sitting there <laughs> like, okay. So I, after about 18 minutes or so, of me ranting to him he's like you know silent i'm like you're there he's like yeah yeah i'm here um yeah i get it um it's a hard job man I, and i said listen I'm, I'm not just listening to you but i said how are you gonna how are you gonna sell this over the next eight games without pitchforks coming out you know like i said there's gonna be a point at which you know and he says well maybe there'll be some changes before that 
And I said, and I'm like, and obviously the salesperson knows nothing. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, why do you know? Can you have a rumor for me? I say, you know, just having fun with it. Yeah. He's like, um, well, you know, you never know. I mean, they might do something to make the next eight games exciting for everybody. And then do you want to buy tickets? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Um, and uh, so I don't, but I do, I do think that well, it's there a is a fight final tour. That's what it is. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't bring people out and it doesn't it doesn't no but it will bring some people out it, it bring will some people out but it will not stop the chance of Say goodbye to claude tour. of yao must go or chuck must go or no, the no, chance no, no. that's not none of that will stop but it hardcore fans are going to want to see Giroux a few more times they will yeah yeah no they will and i and i can totally get that and you know and i'm not like 100 convinced he's even going to be traded yeah actually i'm going to break well, this one second Ace Ferguson said that some scouts say that Emil Heineman is kind of like a Carl Hagelin. He is, and that's why I said I think he could score 20 goals at the NHL level. Well, can we can we discuss that for a second? Because uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Adrian Dater came out again and said um, that um, the Flyers – well, okay, first he said that Drew wants to go to Colorado, that St. Louis and Minnesota were also acceptable. Right. Elliot Friedman reported that Danny Briere has been – uh, scouting the Avs and their AHL team uh, uh, in uh, Colorado Springs, I believe. Yeah. So there is something there, just a question of how big and how much they get back. I mean, I I, I still wonder wh- how, whether Colorado can do this based on his salary, the eight and a quarter. Million. I have a bigger existential question. Mm-hmm. I did bring up on another show. I'm going to ask Eck this question because I was asked this question, and then I'll give my feeling on it too. It is good that they're sending Danny Briere for these things. No question about it. But I wonder, is Danny Briere, when he is going, is does he have any background on these guys, what they did in juniors? Did he watch any of them? Has he watched video? Because otherwise, all you can do is go back and say what you saw with these guys now, but then you still have to sit with others that know what they were like then and kind of figure out where they're at. Like, so well, I was what you'll say about Briere is that this, is, you know, from knowing that the Flyers didn't do anything with Danny Briere. Really, they had him hanging around, but they didn't do anything until he interviewed with Montreal. That's true. That's they right. very, and they suddenly they like suddenly they wanted suddenly they felt like. And I told I've talked to people before, and, and I said you should always interview for jobs because it's amazing if your name just gets out there as a finalist. Yeah. Suddenly you're like if, you if someone else thinks you're important. The team at home, like Briere, would rather be in Philly than Montreal. You get my point, though. You could watch somebody well, for a short yeah. period and and get a great opinion, but not if you don't know the whole story, you still may not want that player. I do yeah, think, I mean, yeah, I do think that of all the people I've ever met, he does more. He is probably talking to the scouts more than anybody. I, I, and, I, I, and, and getting and getting the word on all those guys. I, I think Briere was selected because they want fresh eyes looking at the situation. Maybe they know what. Yeah, they, but he also is the kind of guy who does research. He's a research. But you know he's what? A type guy. I would, I would, I would feel better about it if Briere were talking to other scouts, not the Flyer scouts. Yeah. Yeah, he. Might, Flyers I don't know. are in a particular situation, partially because of the scouts too. True, true. I don't, I don't honestly don't know. No, I know. I don't either. And I'm not trying to pin this on Briere because yeah. I think it's good to have the extra set of eyes. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to let the fans know this isn't necessarily a cure-all to what's going wrong organizationally. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. No, you're right. It's not, it's definitely not a cure-all. And um, for the people in the chat, we're talking, about, talking about Gritty's pay. Gritty definitely yeah. makes more for showing up at like a wedding or a bar mitzvah than he does for yes. a Flyers game. You have Randy like researching everything, but also uh, he's, he's not making three thousand an hour at Flyers games. Randy. No, he's, no, the fly it's a, it's like an independent contractor type guy, right. but also it's a flat but, fee, I'm sure. But but also yeah, like the six thousand if there's six thousand dollars to a bar mitzvah, 
the guy in the gritty suit is probably pulling like 500 of that. Like that's the flyers are taking most of that um, because it's their, yeah, property. it's their property. Comcast. Yeah. So like the guy who's actually like, who's actually putting on the gritty costume is not, I mean, who play? I mean, at who do you think pays for the dry cleaning? <laughs> I do think the flyers pay for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I would hope so. Um, or else I'm, or else I'm pretty sure that costume is pretty rank by now. Um, <laughs> Cause if the guy wearing that suit's paying for it, that's not getting washed. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and you know how many gritties are there is the other big question like is there there's not no there's one i there's one gritty rent. there's one gritty at the flyers games but if you were to rent a gritty for your event i'm not quite convinced that there's one, one. So you're saying they close one is too many i mean no, I, I do know that there's six philly fanatics for i think what x saying is they cloned gritty is that what you're trying to yeah, say? yeah i am that's exactly what i'm saying i mean there are there are six philly fanatics okay so <laughs> what fanatic are you getting is a different you know different story but you know hey it's really it's just it's how do you keep them all on the same page training wise like to keep the message the same well they're all raised together um <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> anyway it's all the time i have for today remember folks without the buzz it is just hockey we will be back again tomorrow with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.